Students today face many more distractions and problems than ever before. Drug abuse, depression, broken families, self-harm, suicide are just a few of the issues they have to overcome. A 15-year-old living today gathers as much information in one day as a 15-year-old would gather 80 years ago in one year. 23% of male students in high school and 37% of female students in high school struggle with depression. On our school tours, we've encountered a sense of hopelessness because of the rise of suicide, depression, and anxiety. The Whosoever's mission is to deliver a message of truth of the gospel to the students and empower them to realize their true purpose in life. Our Kill the Noise school tour reaches out to them with a message of hope. It's a free event we provide to the schools, which includes a speaker with an inspiring message, the Gideon's Book of Life, product giveaways, and free food. It's rad because after each event, we get the students plugged into my live radio show on Saturday nights, and we get them plugged into the school club so they can stay connected and get discipled. How can you partner with us? Join our monthly giving program, give a one-time donation, or purchase our products. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We are a movement of whosoever's leading the way to reflect Christ in culture. I love what Jesus says. The harvest is ripe. The workers are few. Here we are. Hello, hello. How you guys doing? It's good to be back here. I'm pumped. So check it out. So we tour the world doing high school events in the public school. Interesting enough, uh, God has... Uh, always taking us to like the atheist areas. And I'm gonna just have them do a little slideshow of all the school. This is actually just a highlight. We've been to over 186 schools in the last three years. Um, we've seen 51,000 students give their life to the Lord in the public school system. And these are just photos. You can see people getting saved. We went to Boulder, Colorado, which is the most liberal city in the United States, Silicon Valley, New York, Florida, Australia, uh, Mexico, Colombia, and we're just seeing um, in other states uh, around the United States, Toronto, Canada, and we're literally we're seeing the same response. We're in front of rich kids, poor kids. It doesn't matter where you go in the world because we're all connected on these devices, and all the kids look the same, and they're all doing the same dances, and they all dress the same. It's not like the old days where you go to a different country and they look different. We're all connected right here listening to the same music. So we've been, we've been going and doing the Kill the Noise Tour. It's kill the distractions in your life. Find your purpose and destiny through a relationship with the King Jesus. And that's it. We've just seen people get saved. So we want to come back here to Philadelphia. And uh, we want to tour all through your guys' schools. So if there's any high school students, middle school students, we do go to Christian schools too if opportunity arises because the Christian schools are just as messed up as the secular schools. But contact us, email us. You can download the Whosoever's app. It's free. Uh, just email us, and we would love to come and tour all the schools and see a revival break out because Jesus is bringing the revival to the nation right now, and it's happening in the schools. They're running to Jesus. So that's, that's it. I'm done. Bye. No, I'm just joking. Okay. You know what? I want to thank your pastor, Bob, for having me out. Um, we met years ago and we just connected and he's just always been so dang cool and 
inviting and believed in the movement when we first started. And we were just a bunch of punk rock kids that just got saved and didn't really know what was going on. We just knew that Jesus changed our life and uh, he embraced that. And uh, now we've been doing it for about 11 years and God's been doing um, just awesome things. So it's an honor and privilege to be here. And plus, I've been to a lot of churches in my life and you guys definitely have the coolest one. It looks so, dude, it looks amazing in there. So that's that. All right, so what I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna pray really quick. Lord Jesus, I ask that you will split the sky and send your Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, come and flow now through this crowd, Lord. I pray for the torrents of living water. You've been here, but I ask that you will manifest in a more powerful way today and tonight and right now immediately, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, people that have walked in here that have been messing with Ouija boards, tarot cards, drugs, pornography, alcohol, bitterness, anger, all these different things that are in their life. They open these doorways, as Paul says. Paul says, don't let, don't let the enemy get a foothold through anger and how we let the enemy get footholds through different things in our life. And I ask in Jesus' name that you will lift any heaviness that anyone has come in with in Jesus' name, that you will bring clarity to the minds of people that may be distracted because the enemy... He has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to bring this noise and this distraction so you don't hear the message. So in Jesus' name, I ask that you push all darkness out and make this place just a place of light, of your presence, of the Holy Ghost now, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you soften the hearts in Jesus' name of people that have come in here with hard hearts, that have been caught up in religion. Lord, let them know tonight that it's not about dead religion. Religion's a bunch of man-made rules and regulations. Me trying to be a good boy. I'm not a good boy. This is why I need a relationship with the king. Jesus, we know that you didn't come to make bad men good. You came to make dead men live. So we thank you in Jesus' name for what you're doing right now on those hearts of those people that have been jaded by religion. Or maybe people that have, things have happened to them from people in the church and they misrepresented you, Jesus. You would never do that. That is man, and we are failures, and this is why we need you, Jesus, the Savior of the world in our life. And Lord, I just pray for people now that are maybe struggling with homosexuality, Lord, how it's growing, and people are confused about their identity, Lord. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just talk to them tonight, God, even if it's in an audible voice, or if you give them a picture, or whatever you want to do in their mind, Lord, or you just speak to their heart tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will just manifest powerfully in this place. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing now, that your presence is here, and that that presence is just that love. I pray that you just pour out your love even more, God, more of your presence. Let people know that are here that don't feel love. Just wrap your arms around them now, Lord. Let them know that you're here and you love them and you are a loving father and this is why you sent your son out of eternity to come to earth, to die on the cross for our sins so that we can live by that spirit-led life that you created us for. So we thank you, Jesus. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. I pray that you baptize me with the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit that you will pour out through me tonight, Lord, as the words will penetrate the hearts, that the word of God will penetrate the hearts of those that have been caught up maybe in Christianity, but they haven't encountered the true power 
of your spirit, the Holy Ghost, the baptism, Lord. I pray that today, when people leave here, that they will encounter the power from heaven, Lord. And that's when you start living that life that you were created for. And that's when you start living what we read to the disciples and the apostles, how they lived. It was the power of the Holy Ghost manifesting in their life, Lord. So we thank you in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm gonna start like this. My message, uh, it's called uh, God Signs in the Storms. You guys, don't, don't worry about following along right now. If you have a Bible, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an intro to a day in the life with Jesus Christ in the storm. And I'm going to pick up in John chapter 12. But I'm going to just read through a few different things leading up to this moment in Jesus' life. James 1, oh, and I teach out the New Living Translation, by the way. So if you read the King James or New King James, it's going to sound a little different. James 1, verses 2 to 4, it's about faith and endurance. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. I hate that verse, but we keep reading. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. In 11 years of me being a Christian, I've experienced many types of storms. I'm meeting with people that are going through storms or my own personal storms. I'm either going into a storm, I'm in the middle of a storm, I'm coming out of a storm. I see a storm brewing in front of me or I see a storm brewing behind me. My life has been very stormy. If I was a garbage pail kid, they would call me Stormy Normie. But for what I've come to realize is that not all storms have come to disrupt our life. Some have come to clear our path. Not all storms have come to disrupt our life. Some have come to clear our path. My message is called God Signs in the Storms. 11 years ago, prior to that moment, before I gave my life to God, I was managing a professional skateboard team. I was working in the music industry. I was working with the biggest rock, rock bands and hip-hop bands on the planet, flowing product to like Eminem and Dre and them, going on tour with the Chronic Tour, the Deftones. And I could go on and on and brag about all the big bands and everyone I worked with. That's not important right now. What is important is that I was working in the music industry and the skateboard industry, and I went after the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. First John says, these are not from the Father. And I went in and I indulged in all these things, and what that led to is complete emptiness, a dead man walking, spiritually dead, and I OD'd in a hotel room after nine days of cocaine, Xanax, and alcohol on a, my last skateboard tour. I, the skateboard team found me in my room. They called my parents. They knew my parents were Christians, and they said, we found your son. We don't think he's going to make it through the night. I don't know why they didn't call the ambulance. I thought about that five years later, but they called my parents because they knew that there's power in prayer. And my parents prayed, and by God's grace, I came out the next day, went to, took a plane from Costa Rica to Panama. I got to Panama City. I was in my room by myself, and that's when we know who we are, when we're by ourselves at night. You know, we have to put up that front like we got it all together. And I said, Jesus, are you real, and do you exist? My parents are Christians. I see religion around me, but are you real? If you're real, prove that you're real to me, and I'll follow you. And I was desperate. And a relationship with the King Jesus, it's a heart issue. It's not just word, words talking. You know, people just talk, oh, God, help me, but then they're still running to the sack of weed or the drugs or the booze or whatever or the pornography. And by the way, pornography is massive. An old Promise Keeper statistic said that 
86% of men in the church consume pornography. Those numbers have spikes in smartphones. Average kid gets into pornography now at eight years old. 50% of the divorces in church are because of pornography. Pornography is massive with the youth, young and old, men and women. And I basically called out to God and I said, God, I need you. If you're real, prove that you're real to me. And I need you to take away these drugs, these alcohols, pornography, and all this stuff in my life. And I said, Jesus, forgive me for my sins and come into my life. Well, I thought Jesus Christ was going to show up with his rainbows, angels, and lightning bolts and be like, my son, Ryan, I've been waiting for you, you dirty sinner. (laughs) Jesus Christ was a no-show. So I remember there was this Bible in this hotel room. Everywhere I'd go, they're called Gideon Bibles. And there was a blue Bible, and I opened it up in Panama City thinking it was in Spanish, and it was in the King James. So I stole it from the hotel, and I got on the plane, and I read it for six hours straight. Meanwhile, the whole skateboard team's looking at me going, the cocaine pirates are reading the Bible? This is crazy. And I remember saying, if God's real, he's in this book, and I'm going to find him. And I remember landing in LAX, and I felt peace for the first time in my life that I haven't felt in 18 years of my life. And I remember going home, going to bed, waking up the next morning and hear this song through my head. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And it kept repeating over and over. And I was tripping going, what the heck is that? So I called my dad. I said, dad, I gave my life to Jesus. And I said, dad, I've been using Xanax every day, drinking every day since I was 16 years old, smoking weed, popping pills, on and on, every drug, A to Z. And I said, I gave my life to Jesus and I asked for forgiveness. And then I woke up this morning and I heard this song. He says, Ryan, That's the Holy Spirit, and God has a plan for your life. And I was like, God has a plan for my life. I'm living the dream. I was prideful, and I was stupid. And basically what happened from that point is I prayed. I said, God, I need you to deliver me everything. And after three days, literally, God touched my life and literally healed me. I never went back to drugs, alcohol, pornography. No turning back, no turning back. God touched my life supernaturally in the natural realm. Then... I found myself in a situation where I was having an identity crisis. I'm a Christian, but I work in the music and skateboard industry. I do music festivals. What am I going to do for Jesus now? How does this whole thing work? So I called my friend, the lead singer of POD, the band, and I said, let's go to Israel. And we went to the Holy Land, and we did the tour, and I ended up in the Garden of Gethsemane. And here's a picture you're going to see. Someone sent me this picture five years ago. Someone took this picture I was in the garden, and the pastor gave the message about Jesus being there in the garden. He was about to go to the cross that next day. And he prayed to the Father God. He said, Father God, if you could take away the sins of the world without me going and dying that brutal death and getting murdered and hanging from that tree, please take this cup of suffering from me. And God heard him, but he didn't reply because it was his will to go to the cross. And Jesus said, not my will, thy will be done as it is on earth as it is in heaven. And basically what happened is Jesus went to the cross. You know the story. So then the pastor said, now you go out there. You all came with baggage from Los Angeles out here to, Los, to, to Israel. Now are you going to go back doing your will being done and take all your baggage back home? Or are you going to leave it here at the cross in the garden today? And I went out and I prayed to God. I said, God, if you want me to tell my story, then have someone contact me that's not in my inner circle so I know it's you. Give me a sign. Basically, give me a sign in the storm. I was in the storm. Give me a sign in the storm that you want me to tell my story the next day. And I was praying in this, this dirt. Great things happen in the dirt because you're just, you have nothing. I was so broken. I didn't care about nothing. And I was just like, God, all I want is you if you're real. Whatever you want to do in my life, I'll follow you. 
And I said that prayer, and the next day in Las Vegas, I got a phone call from a pastor in Las Vegas, Calvary Chapel, Las Vegas, and he says, Ryan, heard you got saved. I want you to come tell your testimony at my church. I was like, Jesus, I was just joking. I didn't know prayers happened that fast, the phone line, because I was in Israel. So basically, I told my friend, Sonny, I said, hey, I, got, I said this prayer in the garden, and God answered the prayer, and he says, Ryan, side by side, I'll roll with you to Israel. And because I stepped out by faith, even though I was terrified of being in front of people, being on stage, I always worked the back end of things. I went to Israel, and or I went to Las Vegas with Sonny, and we ended up calling the, lead sing, uh, the guitar player from Korn, Brian Head Welch, and the lead singer from Flyleaf to come out to meet us. We went out together. We all became super good friends that night. And instead of me telling my testimony, we all told our testimonies the next day. And that was the birth of the whosoever's movement. Because I stepped out by faith, just like Peter, when there was the stormy sea and Jesus came walking on water and the 11 disciples were like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. They were all scared and terrified. And Peter's like, yo, Jesus, is that you? And Jesus is like, yeah, it's me, Pete. I'm out here chilling, walking on water. What's good? And he's like, well, if that's you, Jesus... Then tell me to come walking on water, even though these dudes are all scared. And he's like, all right, Jesus, all right, Pete, roll out. So Jesus, Peter walks out, starts walking on water. And because the simple act of obedience, even though he was scared, he stepped out by faith and he started walking on water, started living the impossible. Peter would have never known he could live the impossible if he didn't listen to Jesus and step out that simple act of faith. And that's exactly what happened to me. That simple act of obedience, of submission, it's all, our relationship with the king is all submission. Submission, submission. Lift up your white flags and surrender and say, my, not my will, Father God, thy will be done as it is on earth as it is in heaven. And because that simple act of obedience, submission, stepping out by faith, that was the birth of the whosoever's movement. We are a movement of whosoever's leading the way to reflect Christ in culture. We launched that thing and we've done great things. Music festivals, toured schools, all kinds of stuff. I do a radio show now that's like 106 stations from LA to New York City. It's a live call-in show every Saturday night. All these rad things started happening, but then I found myself in another storm. The other storm was I was single and ready to mingle. Now, I was single and I wanted to meet the girl of my dreams. And I, I've always did things backwards. So now I'm like, I want to meet the girl of my dreams. I'm not, I'm not dating a girl. I'm not holding hands. I'm not doing nothing until God brings me the girl that he created for me. For five years, I prayed to God, God, do you have the girl of my dreams? God, do you have the girl of my dreams? Zero answers. Don't you hate when God doesn't answer prayers? Five years. So finally, I was like, God, tell me, do you have the girl of my dreams? And I'll stop bugging you. Just give me a yes or a no. And basically what happened from there is I heard him say yes. And I said, all right, I'm going to stop bugging you. But I kept bugging him. Where's she at? Where's she at? But I had, you know, so shortly after that, God ended up introducing me to my, uh, to a girl. And it was, uh, right, it was at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. I met my wife or my, my girl at the time, Crystal, and I started dating her. And right when I started dating her, a division broke out because I was teaching at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and one of the worship leaders liked me and she started spreading rumors about me and her friends started spreading rumors. So a whole division broke out. Then that division spread to my immediate family. And then that division spread to my whosoever team. And we know like Paul or like uh, James talks about the tongue can either... Edify people, lift people up, or it could curse people. And it's set on hell 
by fire, by fire itself, by hell itself. And it could just spit poison. And that poison was spreading. And literally, I was in a place in my life where I was like, God, what the heck is going on? I feel like everything is falling apart. You brought this girl to me, but everything seems to be falling apart. And during that time, I used to, I lived down by Laguna Beach in California, and I'd go on walks through the hills, and I'd listen to Chuck Smith CDs to build, you know, to, to study. And I remember uh, one day I was in this cave, like this covering, and I was praying to God, and I was just like, God, I'm like, everything's falling apart. I need your help. Is this person leaving? And I heard him say yes. I said, was this person leaving the team? I heard him say yes. He was giving me these signs in the storms. Then later that day, I went home and I received a vision. You know about visions? You read about them in the New Testament. Paul would get them and different guys would get them or you read about the prophets would get them. Visions, some of you guys, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe a couple of you guys get them. But I received a vision and there was a tool shed from another person who gave it to me. I didn't get it myself. And it was a tool shed and it said, whosoever's forever on it. And in the vision, Jesus walked up and started pulling out old hammers that were rusted, old tools that were rusted and broken down. And then I guess in the vision, I was like, why are you taking these tools? I need them for the movement. And he started replacing them with like heavy duty hammers that would never break or never rust. And he was replacing all the tools. So he gave me a sign in the storm that he was going to be replacing the team. A couple weeks later, those people stepped down and God brought me to new, brand new people. And that's when we started praying and fasting, saying, God, what do you want to do with this new move of the whosoever's, whosoever's 2.0? And then God started giving us the ideas and vision about going to the high schools. And that's when we started going to the high schools and we entered this whole new, brand new revival because God was doing a brand new work. He can't put old wine or new wine into old wineskin or else it'll break. So what God was doing is he was doing a brand new work in the movement. So he was removing people, bringing the new people in, and he was pouring new wine into the Whosoever's movement, and that's when the revival broke out. Because not all storms have come to disrupt our life. Some have come to clear our path. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But what does Jesus say about uh, signs and wonders. He tells us in Mark chapter 16, he says, later he appeared to the 11 disciples as he sat at the table and he rebuked them for their unbelief and their hardness of hearts because they did not believe those who had seen him raised from the dead. These guys were with Jesus for three years. They saw all the signs and wonders and they still did not believe that Jesus raised from the dead. Remember, faith and unbelief cannot coexist. It's mutually exclusive. You either have one or the other. And I know for a fact that there's people in the church right now like around the world, people that read the Bible every day, they read about all the signs and wonders, they read about the healings, they read about the, the blind seeing, they read about the demons coming out of people, people getting healed, but they don't believe it's happening today. They know the stories, oh yeah, 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 it happened back then, but they don't believe it's operating right now. So the same problem that the disciples had is the same problem that I believe a lot of us in the church are dealing with right now with unbelief. And Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief, and he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything daily, it by no means will hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Just a couple weeks, uh, probably two months ago, we were at my church and my dad, I don't know if you know, my dad's Raul Reese, he's a pastor at Calvary Chapel. And basically what happened is he came by my office and he goes, hey, there's a girl downstairs that looks like she wants to kill herself. So I walk downstairs and she's meeting with two pastors and the pastors, I walk in and they're like, well, I go, so what, what's going on here? And they said, well, she's probably being oppressed 
you know, by demonic stuff, like oppressed, not possessed, but oppressed. And I go, okay, well, let me, let me talk to her. And I just sit down with her and I just ask her the, the basics. Are you using drugs? Yes. Are you messing with Ouija boards? Yes. You know, I just kind of went through all the stuff and I said, okay. And I looked at her and then I just, the Holy Spirit just gave me discerning of spirits. I said, what's your name on clean spirit? And she goes, and manifest, right? The pastors would have let it go. They thought she was just being oppressed, but she literally had a demon out in her and through word of knowledge and the word of God and us speaking into her life, uh, in Jesus' name, we casted the demon out of the girl. So that's happening today. Some of you guys speak in tongues. I speak in tongues. Some of you guys could translate, lay hands on the sick. I was here years ago um, in New Jersey at the Bridge Fest with Lloyd Pooley. And my friend came up to me. He's from New Jersey. And he goes, Ryan, he says, I've been on Oxycontin for the last nine years of my life. And basically, he has this crazy thing where his spine leaks fluid and all this stuff. So he's on it for the pain. He has constant chronic pain. And he was still in pain, even on Oxy. And he says, I'm on it. And, and, you know, and that's that. So I go, okay. And I walked away. And when I was leaving, I heard the Holy Spirit say, go pray for him. So we got a group of guys together. We prayed for him. Boom. He emailed me the next day. He goes, I stopped taking Oxycontin. Now, I just saw him actually when I was in Philly about a month ago. He still got healed nine years later, never took Oxycontin, got healed right there on the spot. It happens. Just the other day, I was at a high school, and, uh, and this, this girl, she had, uh, she, her leg was all jacked. She was stiff. She couldn't move it. And I was like, hey, do you want me to pray for you for healing? And we had like 200 kids in front of us. And I just said, in Jesus' name, Lord, prove that you're real and heal this girl's leg. We prayed right there in front of everyone. Her leg got healed and she started moving her leg right there in front of 200 kids. Guys, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's happening. It's happening everywhere we go. So verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord was working with them and, the, and confirming the word of God through the accompany signs. What did they do? They obeyed God, obedience, surrender. They preached the word of God. The word of God was confirmed. Signs and wonders followed. Looking at Jesus' public ministry, he was born of a virgin. He obeyed God to the point in Luke, it says that he was worshiping the sky split. The Holy Ghost descended on him like a dove in bodily form. It baptized him. It says that he was filled by the Holy Ghost. In, in another gospel, it says he was led by the Holy Ghost. In Mark, it says he was driven by the Holy Ghost, where he fasted ferociously and prayed hard for 40 days, where he met Satan, and he was tempted by Satan with the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, but he fought off Satan with the word of God. Then he made disciples. He got ordinary men and he did extraordinary things with them. He was preaching and teaching from city to city, in the temples, in-house ministry, in the streets, large crowds, and he was doing one-on-one ministry. What was Jesus doing? He was showing God's love, grace, and his mercy, and he was living out the Great Commission. Jesus Christ was unorthodox. He was radical to the point to at the beginning of his ministry, he went in and cleared the temple. And then at the end, he cleared the temple. You know, the religious people were ripping people off. It says that Jesus went in, kicked over the tables, knocked over the money changers. And he said he found rope and made a whip and chased all the men and animals out. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but where that temple was been, that's a very large area. Imagine Jesus running back and forth, chasing the men and animals out with a rope. That's real punk rock if you ask me. It doesn't get more radical than that. The disciples were like, he just told us to follow him. Like, what's he doing right now? We're going to die here. You know, this was like under the Roman government. They, they ran the temple. This was radical. A.W. Tozer says Jesus was un, 
tameable. Jesus did many signs and wonders. He turned water into wine. He cast out demons. He healed the paraplegic, the blind, the sick, the deaf, the person with leprosy, an incurable disease, just like sin is an incurable disease. It's incurable unless you have Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit. The woman bleeding for 12 years, no money, no doctors, no medicine can heal this girl. She spent all her money but by faith, she reached out and touched Jesus and healing power went out. He fed the 5,000 plus the women and children. He walked on water. He silenced the storm by speaking to it. He's even God over the elements. He fulfilled prophecy. He raised Jairus' daughter and Lazarus from the dead. Then he went to the cross to die and raise from the dead another miraculous sign proving that Jesus is the son of God. John 20 says this. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to these ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Warren Wiersbe says, faith in his miracles should lead to faith in the word and to personal faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Let me read that again. Faith in his miracles should lead to faith in the word of God and to personal faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Now, we don't go chase signs and wonders. Jesus says, go out and preach the gospel. Signs and wonders follow. That's how it works. It's all about the word of God, and then they follow. So now with all that said, let's look at Jesus Christ, a day in a life in a storm in John chapter 12. Here we go. So this is what's going on. Now, it's the Passover celebration. There could have been up to 1.5 million people there. Talking about a major barbecue, right? I mean, the temple is barbecuing big time. Everyone's coming from all over the place. Jesus just raised a dead man, Lazarus, from the dead. The word is out. There's no Instagram. There's no tweeting. This is all word of mouth. And it's getting around town. Jesus' fame is at an all-time high right now. He comes in on Palm Sunday. People are throwing down palm branches. He's riding on a donkey. And they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Praise to the one that comes in the name of the Lord. He fulfills prophecy, uh, Psalms 118. Then he fulfills Zechariah 9.9. And then Daniel 9 to the exact dates. And then his fame is so big, even the religious people are just over him. And they're like, look, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Then picking up in verse 20, some of the Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethsaida and Galilee. They said, sir, we want to meet Jesus. And Philip told Andrew about it. And they went together to ask Jesus. Verse 23, Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. Now the time has come for the Messiah to enter into his glory. We know that the Father God in heaven sent his Son, Jesus Christ, on a rescue mission out of eternity to die for the sins of the world so that whosoever would believe in him by faith would be forgiven of all their sins and with the blood that was shed on the cross would wash you white as snow as it says, though your sins were like scarlet, you will be washed white as wool and then Jesus will send the power of the Holy Spirit and the job of the Holy Spirit is to purge and destroy everything that is unholy in our life. That is the purpose of the cross and this is the attraction of the message of the cross is that he came on a rescue mission to die for mankind because he loves us that much. 
Verse 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful, a harvest of new lives. He's predicting his death here, but I'll come back to that. Those who love their life in this world will lose it, but those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Well, what's Jesus doing? He's talking about eternity. He says, those who love their life in this world, go do what you want to do without making Jesus the Lord of your life. You're going to lose your life. But if you go after me, you're going to save your life. We have two options for eternity. You get to choose from smoking or non-smoking for eternity. But smoking is gnashing of teeth, outer darkness, very hot. I felt the humidity here. I ain't good with hell. You're going to have your seven senses. You're going to be able to remember everything, taste, feel. All your senses are going to be in outer darkness alone, remembering every time you denied Jesus. Without smoking, non smoking is awesome. You're going to be with the creator of the universe that created you. And, I mean, heaven is going to be epic. You can read about it in Revelations. It's going to be amazing. He tells us a little bit more in Matthew 16. He says, if you want to be my disciples or you want to be my followers, you got to turn from your selfish ways Daily, it says in Luke, pick up your cross and follow me. So what is he saying? He says, we got to get our body appetites, our jealousy, our rage, our anger, our pornography, our hate, lying, cheating, all the things that are in our life. We're sinners. Just, we're naturally just sinners. We got to get all that stuff daily and we got to hang it on the cross and we have to crucify it. Romans 8, 13 says, if you, if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you live after the spirit and do mortify the deeds of the flesh, ye shall live. When you look up that word mortify in the dictionary, it means to self-inflict pain. We have to mortify. We have to get our body appetites daily, hang them on the cross and crucify them. Because he says, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you're going to save it. And what does a man profit if he gains the whole world? And he loses his own soul. Is there anything worth more than his soul? And that's when we do inventory on our personal lives daily. What's in our life right now that is taking us to hell? What have we not surrendered? What sin is dominating our life? Because Jesus clearly says, I will give you the power of the Holy Spirit to purge and destroy everything that is unholy in our life. That's the job of the Holy Ghost, to destroy stuff that is unholy in our life. Then going on, he says this. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. Where's he going? He's going to the cross to die. Because my servants must be, then he goes on to say, I can barely see up here. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Well, where's he gonna go after the cross? He tells us in chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and also trust in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. And if it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I will come get you so you will always be where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Even though the disciples were knuckleheads and stubborn mules, they didn't know where he was going. We know he's going through the cross to get to heaven. That's the same way we go through the cross. We go to the cross and that's how we go to heaven. We go to the cross daily, as it says in Luke. Then now Jesus goes from talking and he flips into a prayer in verse 27. He says, now my soul is deeply troubled. What should I say or what should I pray? Father, save me from this hour. But this is the very reason why I came. Why did Jesus come? He told us back in verse 20. I can't even see what the verse number is here. Verse 20. 23, Jesus says, or 24, it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, 
It remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful of harvest of new lives. Just like a seed must die and be planted in the ground, then you water, and then what happens? It births a tree. And then that tree produces fruit. Then there's seeds in the fruit or the flowers. They fall out. They die. They go into the ground. And then you have another tree, a plentiful of new harvest. Jesus is saying, I must die. I must hang from the tree, the cross. Then my body must be buried into the ground for three days into the earth. And then the torrents of living water will come down and raise me from the dead. And then I will ascend to the right hand of the Father, and I will be interceding. And you can come boldly to the throne of grace every day, every second of the day, and I will be there. And in the same way, we must go daily to the cross. I must crucify that old Ryan Reese on the cross daily. I need to bury that old man, keep him buried, and then I need to raise to life for that new spirit of life, like it talks about in Romans 8. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So Jesus says, now my soul is deeply troubled. What should I say or what should I pray? Father, save me from this hour. But this is the very reason why I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Not my will, thy will be done. Jesus, he's 100% man. He's 100% God. His soul is deeply troubled. If your soul has ever been deeply troubled, if not, it will be one day. Jesus is in a storm. He can relate to this in this time. He's going through hell right now. He's going to die. He knows he's going to die and he's going to get murdered. That gruesome Roman death. You know about the cross. It's brutal when you read about it. Most painful, long agony, pain. His soul is deeply troubled. So what does he do? He talks to God. He said, God, save me from this hour. But then he reasons. This is part of God's eternal plan and purpose. God is working out his eternal plan and purpose in his life for mankind at this point. This is the most important event of mankind to happen. And we have that verse that says, all things work together for good for those that love Christ according to his purpose. So he reasons. And then what does he do? He submits and says, Father God, bring glory to your name. Three years ago, me and my wife went through infertility. We couldn't get pregnant for two years. I see anxiety. I see depression coming over my wife. And we just decide that a baby's not going to be our God. Jesus is our God. He's our Lord of our life. And that's who we serve. And he's the giver of life. And we said, Jesus, if we don't get pregnant this month, I'm not going to have my wife go through this depression and anxiety and all this stuff. If we don't get pregnant this month, we're going to stop trying to have kids. And we're going to, if we don't get pregnant this month, we're going to adopt kids. And we're going to adopt a tribe. It's going to be sick. So we get pregnant that month and we go to the doctors and they discover that we have fraternal twins. We're like, yes. So he goes, this is a high risk pregnancy. You need to come back every two weeks. So we go back every two weeks. And what happens is um, we go back two weeks later and the baby, they're looking at baby A and B is what they call them. And they said, everything looks good. And as a joke, I look at the monitor and I go, oh my gosh, doctor, what is that? And he says, there's another one in there. And I said, what do you mean there's another one in there? He says, one of the eggs split into identical twins a week late. You're having triplets. And I said, where are they going to fit? Like bunk beds and my wife, this is insanity. And, and, and he said, and he says, look, this is a high-risk pregnancy. We can't give you a picture of baby C because the egg split a week late and there's this thing called vanishing twin. And most likely it's going to die out. So they said, come back in two weeks. So we leave, we pray, Jesus, give us life. You're the life giver. So we pray and we go back two weeks later and they said, baby C caught up, but... It's like a month behind in development. So it's very 
this is a very high-risk pregnancy. So basically what happens is we keep going back every two weeks. We get to 16 weeks, and the doctor looks at us, and he says, he says, I'm sorry to tell you guys, but he says, you're going to lose all three of these babies. Your wife can't hold them. They're, they're, her cervix is given out. They're millimeters from coming out, and you're going to lose them. There's nothing doctor's money, science, or medicine can do. We're sorry. There's no hope in this situation. So we leave, and we pray. We say, Jesus... Say, Jesus, you're in control. Lord, not our will. Thy will be done as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. We surrender to you, Lord. These babies are in your hands. And God woke up my mom at three o'clock in the morning with a vision. And she saw this stormy sea and there was a boat on it. And there was a baby with brown hair looking out the front and two identical twins sleeping in the front of the boat. And in the vision, the boat transformed or manifested into Jesus' hand. So we knew those babies were in a storm, but they were in Jesus' hands. Because all signs and wonders always point back to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah, and that the Word of God is real. Then we received another vision from another person that didn't know what was going on. The vision, there was three coffins. And in each coffin, there was a rose, and on each coffin, it said fear. And Jesus walked by and wiped off fear off each coffin. Then we received another dream that there was a dream when my wife had a huge belly. So we kept pressing in. The doctor put us on extreme bed rest. Very, very dark time in our life. My wife could take a shower every other day. Couldn't get up to make food or anything. Extreme bed rest. Very dark. And then the doctor, the babies are barely holding on millimeters from coming out. And then the doctor says, baby C's not getting enough food because baby E's, baby's B's eating it all. So now if we got to take them out, but if we take them out, their lungs aren't developed. So we're praying, we're praying, Lord, you're in control. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth. You hold the, you hold the, the, you hold the whole universe in the palm of your hand. You're a huge God. And we prayed and prayed. And basically what happened is God ended up keeping those babies in to eight months. And I had healthy triplet daughters, Evelyn, Lillian, and Sadie Lynn. This is my family. One brunette and two identical twin blondes. And this is them now at three, three, they're the three. They're three and a half now. And this is what I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you this, is that when I was 22, I got married to a girl when I wasn't walking with God. I got her pregnant. She didn't tell me. She aborted a kid. Then I got her pregnant again later on, like six months later. And then she, we went to the doctors. We had fraternal twins, but one died out from vanishing twin. And then months, a couple weeks later, she called me and said she doesn't want to have the other one, and she aborted the other one. So now moving forward, God brings me the girl of my dreams, and he gives me back the two identical twins and the fraternal one I lost. And this is the story I'm telling all around the world through the schools, and this is why we're seeing, we saw 51,000 students give their life to Jesus Christ, because not all storms have come to disrupt our life. Some have come to clear our path. Now I'm going to end here. Is, is my... Timer should be going off right now. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. I got a little bit more for you. Your pastor's texting me right now. I don't know what's going on. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. My timer went off. That means I got 10 minutes left. Here we go. So, first 20. I got to get on an iPad here. I got to step up to technology. I'm like old school. I got a Bible. <laughs> uh, here we go. 
Here we go. 27, verse 27. I'm going to go back. Now my soul is deeply troubled. What should I say or what should I pray? Father, save me from this hour, but this is the very reason why I came. Father, bring glory to your name. And then boom, a voice spoke from heaven saying, I've already brought glory to my, to my name and I will do so again. When the crowd heard this voice, some thought it was thunder. It was a sign in the sky while others declared it was an angel who had spoken from heaven. Then Jesus told them, this was for your benefit, not for mine. So here's Jesus in a storm. He's heading to the cross and then God gives him a sign in the storm. And God's voice confirms that Jesus' mission to the cross, that he's gonna be with them on his mission to the cross. It also proves that he was in touch with the Father God so that everyone around him, all the people around him would know that, he, that they would believe through the signs and wonders that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and all the prophecies written about him are real and that the word of God is real. This is the deal. Six years ago, I came up with this concept to come up with a creative center. And the creative center was gonna be a place that would be a bridge to a church because when you look up what this, the Gen Zs and the millennials want to do, they want to create a creative center. We'd be bring kids in, we'd teach them music and art, design, put together bands, skate parks, concert venue, art shows, everything creative. And it's just a hub, a place. And through relationships, we lead people to the Lord and then we can get them plugged into church. It's a bridge. And basically, you know, I, I talked to some like, you know, some billionaire and she was going to cut a check to, to make it all happen. But we couldn't find the... We couldn't, find the, the, the prod, we couldn't find the right building. So I walked away from the project and I said, God, this is an amazing thing, but it's not your timing or maybe it's just a stupid idea of mine. But I guess you're, you're not in it. So I walked away and I was in a storm going, man, God, I think this is like the future. And I walked away and, and five years later, um, I'm at an autograph signing because I tour with a lot of bands, like a lot of secular bands. I mean, I've been on the Slipknot Fest. I've been on Fifth Harmony tours. I've been on, and I'm not endorsing any of these bands. I'm just saying I, I tour with all kinds of bands. And I was at this autograph signing, secular autograph signing, and uh, one of the girls in the band said, hey, my cousin wants to meet you. She's a Christian. Never met her in my life. She's from, like, Georgia or Alabama or something. And she, she comes out of the back, and I'm holding my daughter, Lily, and we start talking, and as we start talking, she goes, oh, hold on, I'm getting a vision. And she goes, I see a man, and he's going to come to you. And this man's going to come to you, and I see he's, like, he's well off, and he has several buildings, and he's going to come to you, and he's going to give you a building. And this building he's going to give you, it's a big building. She goes, no, actually, it's a massive building, and it has brick all over it, nothing but brick on it. And I said, okay. And she goes, that's all I got. And I go, that's it? So she left out of my life. I went my way, and I told my wife, I said, hey, remember that building project we were working on? Well, this girl just gave me this vision about this guy that's going to come to me. Forty days later, I'm at a men's home, a rehab home, Okay. Drugs, alcohol, addicts and stuff. And I walk in and I walk in, the guy's like, hey, Ryan, good to see you. When you're done telling your story, I want to show you a building I bought. And I'm like, oh, this guy's on drugs, okay? I'm in a rehab. <laughs> and, uh, and after I told my story, we drive down to this building and I get out and it's a massive building. Massive brick building. I walked around it, there's nothing but brick on this building. It's 80,000 square feet brick building. And we start walking through and the guy's like, I want to do a skate park. I want to like teach kids music, art, design. I want to do like concert venue. I'm like, is this guy in my, my head right now? What is going on here? I'm trying to remember what that girl told me. Anyway, at the end, I'm like, dude, this is amazing. And I said, 
this is awesome, man. I'd love to support you in any way. This is, this, this is a need to happen. I go, but why do you have me here? He goes, because God showed me you're the guy. So this is the building right here. It's an old YMCA building. It's 100 years old. It's all brick and windows. 80,000 square feet. We broke ground. It's in the news. Not all storms have come to disrupt our life. Some have come to clear our path. Guys, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. I've proven it to you. Either I'm the best storyteller in the world, which I'm not, or God is real, and he's in every detail of our life. Now, this is what I want to do. I want to end it like this. First of all, I don't know if you have a different religion Atheist, maybe you don't believe. Being an atheist takes more faith anyway. Um, I have tons of friends that are atheists that were and that are not now and that are, dude, I love you. I don't care what religion you're into. I don't even care if you're a witch, Wicca. There's, Wic- there's Wicca witches running around all over the place nowadays. It's all good. Listen, Jesus loves you all. And even if you're here and you're part of the LGBTQ community plus and on, God loves you. God loves you. This is why Jesus came on a rescue mission out of eternity to die for the sins of the world. And I'm a chief sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Your identity is not in who you're sleeping with. Your identity is not in your music. Your identity should be in Christ. He designed you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. All those gifts and those talents that you have, he gave you those. And he's going to give you more. And he's going to use you for great things. He's in the business of getting ordinary men and women and doing extraordinary things with them. All he needs is your heart. You don't don't need to have it all figured out. You're never going to have it figured out. You're never going to be ready like, oh, I got to get these things in order. Don't worry about that. God died on the cross. And with the blood that was shed, he washes you white as snow. And then what's amazing, he gives you the power from heaven, the Holy Ghost. When you receive the Holy Ghost in your life, that power, he starts transforming your life. You're still going to be that crazy, fun person you are. I'm still that crazy guy. But I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to pornography. I'm not a slave to drugs. I'm not a slave to alcohol. I'm not a slave to my anger. I'm not a slave to bitterness. I'm not a slave to fear. I'm not a slave to nobody. I'm a bond slave to the King Jesus, the one that set me free. Whoever the son of God sets free is free indeed. So this is what I'm going to do. It's one call for all. If you want to receive Jesus Christ for the first time in your life, if you want to give your life back to the Lord because you walked away because life gets crazy, I get it. And if you want to be filled with the, and you're a Christian and you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to ask God to split the sky and to baptize you with the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost in your life. So he will give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you will be lit on fire for him. It says that God is a consuming fire. I want him to consume every part of your life tonight. And if you don't believe that Jesus is real, I will prove to you he's real. Because when I pray for you right now, you're going 
going to encounter living water. In John 7, it says, anyone that is thirsty may come to me. Anyone that believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, torrents of living water will flow forth. Right now, when I pray for you, if not, you're not a Christian, you're going to encounter an indwelling of the torrents of living water. And if you don't encounter that, then I'm a liar and Jesus Christ is fake and this whole thing's a lie. If you want to encounter the living God, Come up here right now. That's the call. Baptism, come back to God and give your life to Jesus for the first time. Come forward right now. I'm going to pray for you. Come up here. I know there's more. Let's go. Let's do this. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, draw those ones. Bring them forward, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come forward. It's all right. This is awesome. Come forward. I'm going to pray for you guys that God will fill you with his spirit, the torrents. what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is if you're a Christian and you can't get free from the stuff in your life, you need the power from heaven, the Holy Spirit. You need that power. Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you give your life to God, you have the Holy Spirit in you, but you need the Holy Spirit upon you. You have the Holy Spirit upon you and you need this. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray right now. Lord, I just pray for those ones that are sitting down that are scared to come. Lord, that you will go around right now that you will start touching people's lives. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you will remove depression. Lift it now in Jesus' name. Healing power, Lord. I pray for those ones that are dealing with fear. Send fear back to hell in Jesus' name. Lord, remove all fear. Remove all self-doubt. Those ones that are struggling with their sexual identity, Lord, Lord, encounter them with your spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those ones that have been praying for the gifts of the spirit, Lord. Tongues, visions, dreams, increased faith, words, words of prophecy, word of knowledge. When they pray for people that they will lay their hands on them, they will be healed. Lord, touch people's lives right now, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you will just touch people's lives, people that have things going on in their body, anything. Maybe they got pain in their body. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you will just heal them right now, Lord. Spirit, pour out. Move, Holy Ghost, move. Come, Holy Ghost, and move now on your people. More, Lord more of your power. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, reveal and convict and remove things in people's lives, Lord. Move. More, Lord. More Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit, pour out on this church now, Lord. Come, Lord. We talk about it. We sing about it. Holy Spirit, come. Encounter people now, Lord. Baptize them now, Lord, where they're at. Give it to them, Lord. Those ones that have been praying for tongues, give it to them now in Jesus' name. Lord, those ones that have been praying for words, give it to them now in Jesus' name. Lord, our church can't operate without the power and the gifts and the word. It's the whole package, Lord. This is what we're lacking in the church. We are wanting exactly what you talk about in the Bible. Bring it, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will increase faith in this church. Increase faith because we can do nothing without faith. Light them on fire, Lord. Increase that faith. Like Paul, like Timothy wrote, or Paul wrote to Timothy, says, fan that flame when we laid our hands on you. Fan that gift of that flame. Increase, Lord. Increase passion, God. Increase their prayer life, God. Increase their desire to read the word of God. Because the word of God is the DNA of Jesus Christ. Increase. We thank you, Lord. Now, who, is there anyone here? Did you guys come? Is there anyone here that wants to pray to receive Jesus? Stick your thumb up if you want to receive Jesus. Because I can't tell. You? Who else? You too? Is there more? You too? Well, everyone that stuck your thumb up, come up here. I want to pray for you right now. Come here. I want to pray for everyone that wants to receive Jesus. Come right here. This, hey, this, this takes bold. This is very bold. This is a very bold move to do this. Come forward right now if you want me to pray for you to receive Jesus. Perfect. Just come right here. I'm going to pray for you guys. There's more. Holy Spirit, come now, Lord. Move, Lord. Holy Spirit, draw those ones that need to come back to you. Maybe you walked away from the Lord and you need to give your life back to the Lord. Come now. I'm going to pray for you. Come now. I know there's more. This is bold. This is a very bold move, but this is the best decision of your life. I ran for it when the guy told me. Awesome, I see you. Young, old, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the king and he loves you. This is what it's about right now. It's about be, repent and be saved and be cleansed and receive, believe and receive the Holy Spirit. You can't receive the baptism until you repent of your sins. Any last ones, come forward before we pray. There's always that person that says, if he says it again, I'm going to go. Right on. Come up here. This is awesome. Come forward. I just know, I feel like there's more, but this is a hard thing to do. Just come. Come now. Awesome. I see another one. Come forward. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. This is not dead religion. This is the power unto salvation. This is awesome. We love you. We're family. Come forward now. Awesome. I see more. 
awesome. God's moving on you right now, I know. Holy Spirit, touch her life in Jesus' name. More, Lord. Give her more. More peace. Fill her, Lord. Baptize her with the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit. Give it to her, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anyone else before we pray? I'm going to pray right now. another one coming. I can't see these lights. Go ahead and come up here. It's fine. This is the most important part. Okay. So you guys want to receive Jesus, right? Okay. This is it. When I pray for you, you're going to encounter peace. You're going to encounter love. You might even feel a little emotional. That's the presence of God. That's the spirit of God coming down from heaven and filling you like it talks about John 7. That's the scripture. That's what Jesus says. So it will happen. So now what we're going to do is we're going to say this prayer out loud. And this is how it works. Just mean it in everything in your heart. That's it. It's a heart relationship. So now just repeat this prayer out loud with me. Close your eyes and repeat this prayer. Say, Jesus, I open my heart by faith. I pray that you increase my faith. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me white as snow. Split the sky and send the Holy Ghost. And baptize me with the fire and the power of your spirit. Fill me from my feet to my head presence of God and seal me as your son and daughter and protect my mind and my heart from the evil one and use my life for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus now I want to pray over you Lord Jesus I pray Holy Spirit that you will just fill them God release the baptism on them God baptize them with the fire and the power In Jesus' name, touch every single person that's here, Lord. Lord, remove everything that is not of you. Wash it away and increase everything that is of you, Lord. The fruits of the Spirit. Lord, give them that power. Fill all that emptiness, Lord. That emptiness that's been in their life, that they've been trying to fill it with the things of the world. Fill every piece of emptiness in their life now, Lord. And just complete them with your Spirit, God. Now they're children of God. I pray in Jesus' name that you remove all lies that have been spoken over them. Truth is what you say about them, and they will discover that as they read the word of God. Lord, show them their identity, show them who they are, and raise them up as revivalists in this nation. Let them be the next next tastemakers in America that will bring the gospel in all aspects of culture. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. I love you guys. an amazing night. For those of you who just prayed that prayer, if you are now looking at this going, this is, this is, I'm ready to take the next step. And the first thing that 
Christ commands us to do and God commands us to do is when we accept Christ in our, in our life, to publicly proclaim that faith to everyone around us through baptism. And if you're interested in that, please come over here. We have a prayer team here. We have Alex over here. They'd love to pray over you and prepare you for baptism. If that's what you're, you're excited to do and ready to do, please head on over there. But this time, we have a couple of exciting, we have a lot of baptisms today, and we're really exciting. We're really excited for it. So first off, this is Chris. Everyone say hi, Chris. And I'm going to go ahead and hand the mic over to our assistant youth director, Adler. Hey, so, uh, you know, we're just so excited to celebrate tonight. Amen? Amen. So uh, we're just going to keep the celebration going. And uh, I'm just really excited to be here with Chris. We got to know each other quite a bit more this summer. We took a trip down to Atlanta where uh, we had a group of students who really grew in their faith quite a bit. And when we got back, Chris was like, all right, I think it's time. So, uh, Chris, if there's anything else you want to share real quick. You know, uh, I've been running from my faith for a really long time, I want to say. And it's been rough, but... I think it's the right time, and I just, I think I'm going to make that choice. So. Awesome. Well, Chris, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your risen Lord and Savior? Yes. Well, then we are going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God. Well, Norma, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your risen Lord and Savior? Yeah. yeah. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. part of our youth ministry. She's a part of our worship team. And uh, Abby came up to me the other day and said, Pastor Mike, you know, I, I want to talk to you. And she was like a little nervous. And I was like, so what's up? And she's like, I think I want to get baptized. And I was like, that's great. Let's do it. So uh, so she's really excited uh, to be here. And she'd like to share a little bit with you. So I've been a Christian my whole life. And I accepted God into my heart when I was so young. But my dad passed away like four years ago. And it just made me drift away from my faith. So one day I was just having a really bad day. I was in a bad place, and God just tugged on my heart 
and he pulled me back to him and I've just been growing closer with him ever since and I'm ready to go back to the beginning and get baptized. Amen. So Abby, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your personal and risen Lord and Savior? Absolutely. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Finn, Abby's brother. So Finn, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. You ready to get baptized? Yes. We're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. there right now and you're seeing this happening and you're going man I, I, I lost my chance this is not it come right on up if God is pulling on your heart right now come on up do not let this moment pass do not let this night pass if you feel God saying it's time please come forward Matthew so Matthew uh, do you have anything you want to share with everyone why are you here today because I want to get baptized by the Lord Amen. Amen. So, Matthew, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Say hi to Kira. <laughs> so, Kira, is there anything you want to share? <laughs> it's okay. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. exciting isn't it praise God this is just so many people coming forward to show that they they've accepted their lives to Christ and it's just it's so amazing just when you make that first step this is April everybody April do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior yes then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit This is Marley. Marley, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Then we are going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
everybody, this is Diane. So Diane, why are you here today? Christ is your Lord and Savior. Yes, I do. And we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. John Clifford is going to join me. Right. Could you give my friend a round of applause, please? Let me tell everybody what's going on. Uh, I just had a, I just had a uh, life-altering event where I changed, I shut the door on God, and I'm looking to get back into my faith. Do you believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Absolutely. So we, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. just met a little bit ago, and I, I think it's one of the interesting stories of the night. Can you give us 30 seconds of what's going on? Uh, I actually moved from Israel two years ago, and it's first time in life when I met church. It was here, because in Israel we don't really have churches, and I think it's just the time right now when I feel that uh, it's, it's time to start a new life with Jesus in my heart to make a commitment. Do you believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And one other question. Who did you come here with tonight? Uh, with my fiance, yeah. Julie. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. So uh, we'll baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Guys, we have Rick here. Now, Rick, why don't you tell everybody uh, why you're here tonight? Well, um, I came with 18, and uh, I just uh, I feel dope that the Holy Spirit led me here for a reason, and I'm tired of running, so I'm ready to surrender. Yeah, so I, I've great. I've literally been praying for my brother in Chester for at least five years that I know. It might be longer than that. So this is a yeah, probably ten. This is a great day for me as well, and baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
So, Awana, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Emmy. Emmy's volunteering with us this summer um, on the on the media team. Emmy, do you have anything you'd like to share with everyone? I can't talk. Um, hi. <laughs> um, I'm Emmy. Um, I just feel like I was at back there on the camera, and um, I just um, he said being baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit, and I've been hearing that over and over again this summer, and I don't know what it means, um, but I feel like there's something God wants to put on me, and it's scary, and I don't know what's on the other side of these waters, um, but I'm ready, I guess. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I guess. Amen. Emmy, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Bridget, a round of applause for coming up. Oh my goodness, Bridget. This is a great day. Can you tell everybody what's going on? Um, I just, every word that he spoke, I've been saying to me for a couple of weeks, and I'm a stuck Christian. I've never been baptized, and God told me a couple of weeks ago that I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then when, yeah. so. Oh, that's awesome. Do you believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I do. And we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everyone say hi to Angie. Why are you here today? Uh, I just feel like I need Jesus in my life. Amen. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I say it again. It's not too late. If you're sitting there and you're feeling the spirit move, it's not too late. Please come forward. This is Gabby, guys. Gabby, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Right after this, we're gonna meet everybody around the fire pit uh, and to do an aftermath with Ryan. We'll be able to ask him questions, find out all about his background. It's one of our favorite nights of the evening. Everybody, this is Natalie. Natalie, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes. Yes. <laughs> then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Guys, this is Noel. Noel's upstairs in uh, high school ministry and on our worship team. You may have seen her on Sunday morning as well. So, Noel, do you have anything you want to share? Yeah. Um, I've been struggling with identity for a while. I've been a Christian my whole life, but this year I've struggled with just handling it. I try to fill everybody what everyone expects of me, and. I want to start a new chapter this year before school starts and even more pressure is added to focus and just only hear God because I've had so many lies told to me and I believe them. So I want to start a new chapter. Noel, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Absolutely. Then we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. We baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh my goodness. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm asking everybody to stay. I feel like we need to celebrate and we need to praise the Lord for the work he has done over this past 10 weeks and over this evening. And if you could all please stand and ask the worship song, uh, worship team to play one more verse of our, of our music tonight. We'll close out and we'll see everybody around the fire pit for our aftermath with Ryan Reese. See everybody Sunday.
thank you for this evening. Thank you for what you've done here. God, may we all take this message of what we heard about you laying down your life and purging us back, purchasing your, our sin back unto you, Lord. May we take this out wherever we go. Bless this night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you for attending Calvary Chapel. We'd love to see you around the fire pit for an aftermath. Hang out, connect with somebody else. We will see you Sunday morning.